0: wealth builders our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances your business and your investments
1: I call this you know areas of improvement that we can make as leaders some of these I hesitated to put in here because I'm not sure I'm very good at it so we're gonna all learn together in the process of what we're doing I'm having to improve myself So these are areas of improvement that I think are important because uh, this is our leadership meeting and I think it's primarily managers and above and then those who are also given an invitation to come. So the the first area of improvement let's talk about that we can have is not, this is an area we need to get better on, okay? And so the mistake we make is not recognizing people for doing good work. So really appreciating people, now most of us are aware of that. That's not like some great revelation. But what happens is Gallup has surveyed literally millions of employees. I'm going to read a couple of these statistics worldwide and found that people who receive regular recognition and praise increase their individual productivity, they increase their engagement, and they're more likely to stay with the organization. I used to teach something years ago I'm not really sure how, how much this applies directly to us here at AWM Caris, and Truth and Liberty. But I, I do think there's an element of truth. And there used to be a, a saying, some of the ministers in here may have heard this years ago. They used to say something like this, that if a person comes to your church and attends, and uh, while they're there, as they come to your church and in the process, say of six months they only make one or two friends, the likelihood of them staying is very low. However, if they come and they make the number that used to be given is they have uh, seven or more friends, a team of mules uh, couldn't drive them away or pull them out. And so the idea was the relationships were key and, and trust in relationships was key to them actually staying in this case with the church. And so I think that's true with employees as well That and with people you relate to. The old John Maxwell saying that he's been saying since the early 1980s uh, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I shared that with you the other day. So really appreciating people. And I'll admit, I hadn't always been the best at this. I've had to work on it myself. And and get better at it, but make sure that you give people the recognition and appreciation. I even like as much or more than recognition. And then another mistake that leaders and managers can make is uh, doing what I call disrespecting employees. I have to, again on this one, I have to watch myself sometimes with people and I'll, I'll hopefully in one of the sessions that I teach, I'll share with you how and why that I have to watch myself. But here's a couple of this one. I've got about five statistics here on this one on disrespecting employees. In a 2020 poll conducted by Resume Lab on what makes someone a bad leader, it was found that an alarming 72% of the surveyed population was treated in a rude or disrespectful manner by a boss, okay? Now, there are going to be days when you have challenging days, and there's going to be days when you have to challenge employees at different times, but it just, is just something that you have to be aware of, and it says here, additionally, nearly 70% of respondents were criticized in front of their peers, and 83% of them felt bad about it, and finally, and perhaps the worst of all, an eye-popping 42%, this says, of leaders blamed others for their failures. So one of the things that I think is, is really critical is just when I talked last time on self-awareness is have self-awareness. Now, I make kind of an exception for some of this with at the top table, the top level of executives. If, that, if, that, if we're in an emergency session and something is really, and we've had several of those, we had it during COVID where, where decisions had to be made yesterday, we had to do something. In there, we all agreed we were going to give each other grace because sometimes there's things that have to be said and done in a, in a quick notice. We don't have a chance. So I like to say it this way, unless the ship is sinking, so to speak, or feels like it is, you have to make sure that you're you're walking in that way to treat other people. And so if we go back to the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I think one of the things I've said to you, and I'm going to continue to talk about it because I'm going to talk about some things kind of on the opposite side of this, but one of the things that you have to continue to work on is building rapport with people that you're leading. The rapport building, let me tell you, this takes time. So I know in communication, I've said this before with the top, top executives, is that whenever you're communicating, which is later on in this, but you have to say things seven times in seven different ways. And so when I first started meeting with Mike and Carrie, Carrie, can I use this illustration? Absolutely. Carrie would come in and she'd slap her hand on the table and she'd go something like, these people, now that, that was about any of y'all, so you know, but it wasn't any of you I'm talking about. She'd go, these people never listen. And I go, uh, well, how, how many times did you tell them? And she said, "Well, I told them last week, I said, Carrie, good communications. You got to say it seven times, seven different ways for people to start following. Now, in an emergency, you don't have that luxury. But when you start communicating and respecting people, it's important. So when you're building rapport with people, it's important, And listen to me, it's important that you take the time to have more than just a manager-employee relationship. I don't, I don't mean that, that you have to open up your whole personal life, and have to, but they have to know you care. You have to understand some things about them, and the more that you get to know them, the more they trust you, and so what happens is, what happens when leadership really starts failing, it's that trust factor that kind of goes down the tube. Now, I'm working on it. When I look out here at you, I'm working on that because a lot of you, I I don't know personally yet. I'm hoping to get to know you and, and at least know you by name and know what you do and know where you fit. But I'm continuing to work on that myself. And so, because you guys are important and nothing could happen in the ministry without the group that's in this room. It would be really impossible. I mean, Big Andrew, get up and teach. When the TV program goes out, it's the TV team that's making that happen, and then it's the communications team that's taking the calls, and it's the product services team that's sending the responses, and the marketing team that's, you know, doing the things that respond. So all of us have to work together to be able to do it. And so number two was disrespecting employees or not respecting employees. And then number three is failure to communicate effectively, now, the last, I think it's been just this week, because today's Wednesday, I think it's just been this week, I, I'm teaching a class in business school and global training out of my book called uh, Change Mastery, right? And so in the book on Change Mastery, there's, I'm not able to cover all the chapters, but, but one of the things, the statements that we make, I'm talking about communicating effectively, and I'll, I'll tie that together for you, is that one of the statements we make is that people don't fear change, they fear loss. And so what happens whenever we're, and some of you may be feeling that right now, not knowing what I'm going to say or do, or somebody else you report to is going to say or do. But one of the things about good communication, and people say, well, how do you lead an organization through change? I've had that question, uh, you know, asked to me. Well, the first way that you lead an organization through change is don't change things too much up front quickly. You have to let a level of trust begin to be built with you and the people that you're working with so that when, when you start walking through that, there's a trust factor they have in order that they'll follow you. And by the way, trust really comes in two ways. It comes in that rapport that we talked about being built, built with them. And then secondly, it comes with results. In other words, you lead through small things and you see that what you told them was going to happen or you explain to them, here's where we're going and you do what you said and then the results are there. There's a trust factor that begins to be built the next time. You start offering those ideas, and so if you build that trust factor, then people are willing to work through change. So effective communication is not, and I think I mentioned this last time, but effective communication is not just what I say. Effective communication is what the other person perceives me as saying. And so what has to happen is you have to, as a leader, work on the perception of where someone is and to be able to work on the perception of where someone is. Now, Andrew Wirtz, can I use you as an illustration? (laughs) (laughs) Carrie said, I talked about her in school. I did both of y'all. So now, Andrew Wirtz and Carrie, they, they care about each other in the proper way. But every now and then, they've been known to disagree. And so when we first started meeting together, I can say it now because they were, we're all past all this, but it was so funny. When I first come in my, to my team meetings, I had team meetings every week. I only have them every other week now. But I had team meetings every week, and I, I scheduled my team meetings. Greg, I scheduled them the last two and a half hours, right? And the reason I did was because I knew the first hour and a half were for Andrew Wurtz and Carrie Pickett. And the reason was because they would get in there and disagree on anything we talked about. If, if Carrie said this shirt was blue, Andrew said it was red. So there was this, I'm saying this lovingly, coaching, and it's, they're laughing, I'm laughing. So Rebecca, who's my, who's my executive assistant, one day, Andrew, we're talking about effective communication. One day... Andrew and Carrie were kind of going at it. And me and Mike were just sitting there, spectators, and Jeremy, we're just sitting there watching. So Rebecca texts me and she goes, Hey, what kind of popcorn do you want for the show? <laughs> oh, I just burst out laughing. I mean, that was that was that was the that was the perfect catchline. So sometimes the point is when you're when you're communicating effectively, you have to understand it's not just what you're saying. So you not only have to say it seven times seven different ways, and that's true in an organization. And you guys have been around here long enough with me. You know, I'm not always the best at this myself. I have to continue. To work on that myself, and I know as an organization, we really have to work on this one. This is one of my top priorities to start improving in areas of communication, but it's important with the people that you lead, that you're leading, that they understand that. So the only time that that communication should be matter of fact is in an emergency or some level of crisis where you don't have the time to explain or get them. You just say, here's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. Move on. But you build that foundation with them by learning to really care about how they're listening. So one of the things I'd say about communication is remember the Lord gave you one mouth and two ears. And so you have to remember that it's very hard to communicate with someone's perception until you start genuinely listening to where they are. And when you're listening to where someone else is, you're not thinking about what you're gonna say when they're done talking. You're actually listening to what they're saying and then let how you respond be as organic as possible, both in a friendly conversation, in an unfriendly conversation, you have to learn. Yesterday afternoon, we, were, we met again with city officials here in Woodland Park for quite a long meeting as compared to what we thought it was going to be. And uh, it's kind of interesting what you learn or you didn't know when you really listen to where they're coming from about what things. And one of the things I learned yesterday was a couple of areas that some of those leaders are being challenged with has nothing directly to do with Keras or with who we are or Andrew Walmart Ministries just happens to do with things they're dealing with in the community. So us trying to feel, f- figure out at different ways and different times how to help them with that is important. You do the same thing with the people that work for you for the same thing for people that you're trying to lead.
0: We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders Podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.